so yeah, I guess um, today we're going to be carrying on. Um, I don't know if it's if if it's a series, but just um, where just something which we, me and Daniel felt that the Lord was really calling us to, was um, just to kind of talk about the new man. Uh, we spoke about the other time we spoke about the old man. Mm-hmm. Um, we spoke about um, uh, 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 being worldly and going after the things of the flesh. Um, and then today we're really going to dive into. What does it mean to take our thoughts captive? Mm. We spoke about Romans 12 the last couple of weeks about not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Mm. And actually what I want us to do today is to really go into that and actually say, what does that mean? What does that actually look like? Mm. And what are maybe some things in which we can do as a people um, to, 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 to really start practicing that in, um, in our everyday life? But before I do that, I'm just going to pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you because you're here. And that's enough, Lord. That's actually enough. Um, I thank you that you're here and you bring light. You bring revelation. And I just ask that our hearts are open to everything you bring, Lord. Whisper to us, speak to us, Lord, in in whatever way we need to hear it. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Cool. Turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. What are you there? <laughs> Jeez, you're in the spirit. <laughs> so we're going 2 Corinthians. Can I have a reader, please? Hosea. So we're going from verse 1 and then read all the way to verse 7, please. Bro. I, Paul, myself, entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I, who am humble when face to face with you, but bold towards you when I am away, I beg of you that when I am present I may not have to show boldness with such confidence as I count on showing against some some who suspect us of walking according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not we are not loving raging, raging we're not raging war according to the flesh. Mm-hmm. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Mm-hmm. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey the, to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when the obedience is complete. Look at what is before your eyes. If anyone is confident that he is that he is Christ, let let him remind himself that just as he is he is Christ, so also are we. Amen. 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 Thank thank you, Hosea. Um, it's an interesting scripture. Really, really interesting. Um, for me, when I was reading it. Um, and probably when I was growing up, the only portion of the scripture which I remembered was the verse four, mm-hmm. uh, which is the weapons of my warfare. <laughs> uh, not kind of that. That was literally the the most important, yeah. the the meatiest part of the scripture when I was younger. Um, but as I kind of read all of it, um, it almost transformed that um, that core piece into something uh, new to me, and. And when I say new, um, let me break it down. So Paul here, he's talking to the Corinthian church mm-hmm. and he's speaking to them. And if you read the whole chapter, one of the one of the reasons why he's speaking to them is because 
they are they are accusing Paul of being fleshly. They're not only accusing Paul of being fleshly, but they actually say about Paul that, you know, in your letters, you're really bold. But then when they saw Paul, they were like, mm, you're not really you're not really what we expected. In your letters, you're talking like a boss, basically. You're saying, you know, this, that. You're talking with apostolic authority, right? But then in the flesh, I've, I've seen you and it's not as weighty as I thought it would have been when I saw you. So Paul, in, in, in the beginning, he's saying, you know what? I don't want to have to come and speak in such and such a way to affirm that. And then, and then Paul goes on to say that his weapons aren't carnal. But they're mighty in God for pulling down the strongholds. So one of the key things that Paul is talking about here is he's a, a, a dimension of the scripture is Paul's speaking about being judged according to the flesh. He's, he's, Paul is one thing per se in the spirit. He's an, he's, he's an apostle. He's a man of authority. But when people see him, it's, it's, it's almost how the image in the flesh doesn't match up with who he is in the spirit. And people are saying something's not right here. They, they are arguing amongst themselves. Say, but if this guy's so high, why is he coming in and he looks so meek and, 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 and shriveled and not as we would have thought he would? And so the, the Corinthian, some of the Corinthian church start to question his authority. Mm-hmm. Oh, they living in the flesh. They're, li- they're looking at him just by, based on flesh. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. They start to question who he is in the spirit based upon the flesh, yeah. based upon what they see. And so because of that, Paul is like, I could easily come against you um, um, in the flesh. And to do that would be to argue with you about maybe my credentials in the flesh. Right. And I could easily uh, 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 solidify my authority by the ways of the world. I, I could easily use manipulation. Mm-hmm. I could easily just beat you down. Mm-hmm. Let's just go old school. Mm-hmm. I just whip you because I'm, cause I'm the boss. <laughs> just, just cut out all the talking. I'll just show you who's in charge. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's many other ways in which in the world I could show you I'm in charge. Yeah. But Paul notices that, no, no, my weapons aren't carnal. Mm-hmm. They're not carnal. They're not carnal. They're not carnal. Our weapons aren't carnal. In the world, their weapons are carnal. But how we fight is different. And Paul really tries to illustrate this here, that his weapons are different. The way in which he's going to approach this and approach this debate about who he is. And I really, I, really, I really want to make this clear. This is an argument in the church about who Paul is and about who God has actually called Paul to be based upon the things of the flesh. And so Paul goes on to say in verse four, the weapons of our warfare are not physical, 
our, our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying sophisticated. I'm, re- I'm, re- I'm reading from the Amplified. We are destroying sophisticated arguments huh? and every exalted and proud thing that sets us up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. One of the things about an argument, if me and my brother are arguing and we're having maybe a good argument, Daniel will have a point. And I will have a point. That's what an argument is. You, you will have a standpoint in which you're backing. And I will have a standpoint in which I'm backing. So Paul's talking about that there are arguments. There are arguments. And, he, and he's speaking about the weapons which we have been able to cast down these arguments. Mm-hmm. For me, for someone to have an argument, they, 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 there needs to be something which they're grabbing a hold of. There needs to be some element of truth where we're, we're, I'm grabbing a hold of if I'm going to argue effectively with you. And Paul's saying, I'm casting down arguments. What are these arguments? Well, one example of these arguments is simply judging according to the flesh. In our lives, there will be arguments in our mind which judge us according to the flesh. One argument could be, for instance, if maybe the word of the Lord says that I'm meant to be full of joy. But in the flesh, my boss is giving me a headache and I'm feeling stressed. All of a sudden, there's an argument now. There's an argument because now there's, 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 there's now a situation which can argue against the truth of who you are and who God has called you to be. There will always be a reason to not believe God. That, that's what I've learned on this journey. There will, always be a, there will always be a reason to question who you are. There will always be a reason. Jesus even showed us. He was the son and the devil came to test him. And one of the tests was to say, if you are. There will always be an argument. If you're the son and you're hungry, then make this bread. If you're the son, then, then jump off the cliff. Because the word says there will always be an argument. And the way in which we come against those arguments isn't through the world, through, through us going through our, our credentials. Jesus could have said, I'm, you know, I'm this, 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 but he used the word. He used the yeah, promises yeah. of the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could have said, well, no, like, I'm strong enough to go without food. But what he did was he anchored himself in truth. He, 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 he anchored himself in something higher than the argument. Mm. Another uh, important part of the scripture is it, it, it speaks about captivity. Mm. Capturing thoughts. Taking a thought and capturing it. And one thing which I felt about this scripture is there are thoughts in our heads. And I don't know about you that sometimes just feel loose. Mm. 
Yeah. I might just be sitting there and then all of a sudden my thoughts are just, I'm just thinking about nonsense. Yeah. And, and there's even sometimes when I could be maybe going through a particular situation, whether it be good or bad, and there are still thoughts coming into my head, which are based upon earthly facts. That's where the arguments come in. The thoughts are coming in based on earthly facts. And Paul says, no, 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 no. The weapons which we have are called to capture them. If you're called to capture something, that's an aggressive thing. That's not a passive stance to capture a thought. It's not, you know what, let me sit on the couch and just wait for this thought to go. Which is what I do sometimes for some some really bad reason. Let, let, let me just sleep on this fall. You know what I mean? Hopefully when I wake up in the morning, you know what I mean? This fall will be gone. You know what? Let me just, let me just go for a run, man. Maybe this fall will go. But Paul says, no, no. We need to capture it. Literally capture the fault and bring it under the obedience of who? Christ. Of Christ. What does that mean? That means in terms of this scripture that the thoughts that are coming to Paul is you don't look the part. Your, your authority is questioned. Paul, who are you? Are you actually an apostle? Shouldn't an apostle look the part though? But really, if you're an apostle of God, shouldn't you? Why are people talking to you like this if you're an apostle? That doesn't make sense. You said you're an apostle and people are, are calling you small. These are reasons. These are valid arguments. But Paul said we cast down these arguments and, and we call them to be obedient to who he truly is in Christ. One, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to Romans 4, actually. Can someone just read Romans 4? Are you there already? <laughs> Romans 4, because I am... Um... Oh, we're going to go from verse 18. Um, so, Romans chapter 4. Uh, 18 to 22. Be, be, before I read... Or I get someone to read. I just want to just talk about this scripture really. In this scripture, um, it speaks about a great man called Abraham. And it, and, it, and it speaks about him. And I believe that in this scripture, there was a great... Um, it, it really helps to give us a clear picture of, of how to capture thoughts in a really practical sense for us. Uh, if any, is, is everyone there? Mm-hmm. Cool, Avia. So we're going to Romans chapter 4, verse 18 to 22. In hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations, as he had been told. Mm-hmm. So shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as death, since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. 
No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith and gave glory to God. Fully convinced that God was able, able to do what he promised, that is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. Amen, amen, amen. For, for those of us that don't know the, the story which the scripture is speaking about, it's in, um, it speaks about Abraham and God coming to him and to his wife, Sarah. And saying that, you know, at the age of, I believe it was 99, mm. if my memory serves me well, that you're going to have a baby. Mm. And this scripture says that there's so much in it. But verse 20 says, yet he did not waver through disbelief in the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Being fully persuaded that God was able to do what he had promised persuaded that word jumped out to me when i read this story persuaded and it really connected to the to to the story or the conversation which paul had with the corinthians paul had to become persuaded we have to become persuaded that either god is right or he's wrong that either we live according to the spirit or we don't either the promises of God are true or they're not we have to become persuaded and this is and the word persuaded persuaded is a verb it's not something that I just that that you just sit down and you just become persuaded that all of a sudden oh you know what I mean oh snap maybe Daniel prayed for me and then all, then all of a sudden, I'm just fully persuaded now for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's not how... Persuaded. How did he become persuaded? Well, he had to cast down those arguments. Mm-hmm. Sarah's too old, mate. Mm-hmm. You're too old. Mm-hmm. No one has ever done this before. Mm-hmm. How can a 99-year-old give birth? Mm-hmm. When has that ever happened? Mm-hmm. And what did he have to do? He had to not only capture the thoughts, he had to bring them under the obedience of the promise. Mm. Mm. The yep. promise, the promise. Mm. He brought it under obedience to the promise. The promise was that no, even though in the flesh I'm one thing, the, pre- the, the, the promise is greater. That I will give birth, or should, or should I say, my wife will give birth yeah. to my son Isaac. Mm. But there's something else that he had to do. He had to accompany that with works. I'll say that one more time. After he had captured the fort, he had to accompany with it with the correct works. There are children in here. <laughs> if the adults can beat me. Yes. He had to he 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 had to accompany it with intimacy with his wife. Yes. So I've captured the fall. Mm-hmm. I brought it under the obedience of Christ. Now I have to walk in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no good saying, you know what, God, I just believe it, man. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you know what? Yeah. Paul, I'm an apostle. Yeah, like yeah, I, I I just believe it in my soul. Once I now believe it, now that I've captured that thought, I must now walk in it. Yes. 
Paul wasn't waiting for, for the arguments to stop. I need to really stress that. Paul wasn't waiting for the arguments to stop because the arguments are not going to stop because there will always be something. I'm preaching to myself. There will always be something. There will always be a valid argument which the enemy can use. Always. I promise you. Always something you did, something you're going to do, something you are in the flesh, the way you talk, just he will always find something. But the question is, are we able to capture that thought? Say, that's not me. Are we able to bring it under the, the obedience by recognizing who we are? No, I'm a man of God. I am an apostle. I am Abraham and he's called me to be a father of many nations. Once I've now done that and I walk in that word. That's how you capture the thought. It's not just taking away the thought and replacing it with something else. It's now walking in that new way of thinking. Paul, as I really need to stress it, Paul didn't wait for the arguments to stop. In fact, he goes on and then he rebukes them because he knows who he is. And he rebukes them, and this is really, really key. He rebukes them not for validation. He doesn't continue uh, 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 his interaction with the Corinthians for them to validate him as an apostle. He, he, he's not waiting for them to be like, oh, my days. Yeah. He, he, oh, oh, my days. How could we have doubted you? You're an apostle. He's not waiting for that because he knows he is an apostle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's going to address them in the manner in which an apostle will address them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing God is saying strongly is don't wait for the arguments to stop. Mm-hmm. Don't wait. Don't wait for the things in the flesh to match up with who you truly are. Yeah. Don't wait. Because in Paul's example, his bodily form never matched up with his authority in the spirit. He never got hench. He, he, he never be, became that overbearing figure. And he could have used the ways of the world to get power, to establish himself. But he said, no, 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 no. That's not how we do it. Our way is to pull down strongholds. 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 Strongholds not only in ourselves, but in others. A stronghold is, 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 I mean, my, my Bible calls it a fortress. It's a, it's a highly defended, uh, rigid structure, which is actually built to become unpenetrable. And this can happen when we just leave our thoughts to roam, to, 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 to roam free. There are some times in my life, and I don't know about you, whereby when I just slow myself down and I think about my my the way in which I live and my thought pattern and I think to myself God how did I get here how did I how did my way of thinking become like this how was it that I'm acting like this how 
I can't even tell you where 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 the seed started. And and I can't tell you the process. All I know is all of a sudden I'm I'm just here. And that can happen when we just let things roam around. Just let it free. I'll do I'll do with it tomorrow. Let me sleep on it. Ah, let me just listen to some music. And the, and the, these 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 can be helpful, but Paul is saying capture it, capture it. Don't wait for tomorrow, don't wait for circumstances to change. Capture the thought, bring it to the obedience of who you truly are, who he says you are, who the scriptures say you are. I want to end on this. Can someone just get Philippians 4, 8 for me, please? Just um, Philippians. I can't even describe where it is, but it's after Corinthians. There's just a whole lot of scriptures <laughs> after Corinthians that I don't know the order. So. There's just a couple. Yeah, please. Um, so we're going uh, Philippians 4 8. Uh, Brother Josiah is going to read that for us when everyone's there. Yeah, that's all right. We'll take your time, bro. Yeah. Um, finally, is everyone there? Mm-hmm. Oh. Really yeah, please. Yes, sir. Yeah, try to focus on what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Mm. Mm. Meditate on these things. And I, and I remember um, a long time ago in, um, in a church that I was in, um, they spoke about what 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 it what it meant to meditate, mm. um, and it, and and it was taken from um, an agricultural term, where where um, where cows would eat grass, mm. yeah, and what they would do is they would eat the grass, chew it, chew it, chew it, chew it, and then they would actually vomit it out, and then chew it again, and then it would come out again, and they would keep chewing it. They'll, 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 they would just continually just chew on it, chew on it, eating it, eating it, eating it. And that's just a, that's a metaphor and a picture of what the Lord is asking us to do. Is to chew on, to, yeah, yeah. Is to chew on the truth. Yeah. To, to, to uh, chew on it. Yeah. To, to, to not just bite it once and be like, oh yeah, this is nice. Okay, great receipt, that's within me. Oh, that tastes nice. Then take it out of your mouth and then carry on. Or just chew, oh, be strong and be of good courage. Mmm, that's nice. They went, oh, I, 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 let me take it out though. No, 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 keep it in your mouth. That's what I was gonna say. Is that to say also, when, when I heard that, the one thing that spoke to me was mm. sometimes you know, when you're, when sometimes like you're, if, if you, if you succumb or so if your, your flesh won't be able to succumb to the word of God sometimes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So 
if you're being if you if you're still living in the world thank you if you're still living in the world the word of god is going to be something that you might not be able to sustain because you might not have you might not be trying to dwell in him but even though you might want to the word of god is so is so strong that it, it has to break away your mm-hmm. worldly side yes yeah so that's why you you will keep picking it back up yeah. keep trying yes. to consume it and you will try to consume it because you know the flesh doesn't want it mm-hmm. but we want to be of god so that's it's, right it's that's one right of those things where it's a battle type there you go yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. sorry yeah and it's again it reiterates that it's a verb God is not calling us to be passive in in dealing with our minds. He's not asking us to just, you know what I mean, just wait for, you know, all my mind to be straight. No, 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 no. There's some stuff that we need to do. There's, there's authority which we've been given. And you know what? The flesh is contrary to that. Things aren't looking right. I'm... In the spirit, I know I'm this. The promises of God are this, but I'm in the flesh, I'm looking like this in the eyes of others. And I'm listening to those arguments. But Paul says, no, 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 no. Capture them. If you see them running, chase it, chase it, grab it. Grab that thought. Choke it if you need to. Bring it under the subjection of who he is. Replace it with who he, with, with, with who he has said you are. Mm. Replace it with the promise of God and walk in that promise. Mm. Even if you don't feel anything. Mm. I, I don't know if Paul felt like an apostle, but I know he was one. Yeah. I don't know if Abraham felt like a father of many nations, but he was one. Mm. When Paul, I mean, when, when God called David, I, like, I don't know if he felt like a king. But he was one. Like, I don't know if you feel like something, but you are. I I don't know if you, you you know, feel something that's contrary to the word, but you are who he's called you to be. You are that child of God. You are the head and not the tail. Even though in life you may think you're the tail. You're not because you're the head. (laughs) 